Hello, welcome to another episode of This Month in Geopolity. I'm your host, Nicholas. It's been a little bit since we released an episode. Uh, real life stuff got in the way for me and the holidays, but uh, we're back to it. We're going to be doing an episode at least once a month, hopefully some more. Uh, hopefully more come out, uh, but it just depends on the schedule and my schedule. But I, I do hope all of you are having a great start to the new year. Um, 2021 please do better than what 2020 was i think we can all agree to that um this episode of the podcast is dedicated to listener questions i was on the discord and just asked all of you do you have any questions for me in relation to the role play regional history and some of it's going to be my thoughts and opinions on just the region in general looks like so I just want to thank you people who submitted questions. I really appreciate it. And I want to get all of you more involved with this with this uh, project. First question that we're uh, going to answer is from Firstia, who asked, How do you think the upcoming multipolarity will affect roleplay? There's, or will be soon, the ICC, AF, AU and that other Eurasian organization that Canada and Germany were talking about earlier, uh, which I think they've been discussing it for the past few days on the Discord. But nonetheless, uh, will, will the UAN live up to its purpose of avoiding further escalations, according to you? And that's, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that question is pretty complex. Um, I mean, we still have the real-life examples of the United Nations uh, failing to de-escalate uh, conflict around the world, uh, even with NATO around and with the Warsaw Pact and uh, several other organizations around the world that were at least on a regional cooperative level. But for, for certain, the United Nations uh, in, in, the, in the real life... Uh, has failed uh, its mission, it, at least in the sense of keeping peace. Now, there hasn't, obviously, there hasn't been any global war, but there's still been high conflict areas, uh, most notably uh, the Korean War in the 1950s. And uh, I don't know if some of you know this or not, but technically, that war never actually ended. They signed an armistice. There was never a peace treaty deal, so uh, by by all accounts, uh, by technicality, the South South Korea, North Korea, the United, United States are uh, they're still technically at war, just not in a state of war. But uh, that was the first test of the United Nations, and they succeeded in the fact that the korean peninsula is together in a sense meaning by, by that i mean at least that there's a south korea there's some sense of democracy that exists on the peninsula and south korea has been very successful economically even if it is as of late uh, but that was the first true test of the, the, of the united nations and in, in, in other areas they Obviously, they failed that role, uh, especially with China getting involved uh, towards the in the middle of there. Uh, just didn't work out for him. Then you got Vietnam. Then you got 
situations that occurred in Eastern Europe. You also have in the 1990s uh, during the uh, at least the time scale that I that I learned about it in school during the Clinton administration of the uh, Rwandan genocides and of course uh, a few other atrocities that have occurred during that time. Uh, the United Nations is you know that's one of its missions is to uphold peace. Even the Security Council, I mean, they participate in that. And I think it's been a rather, my opinion, shame of that organization that while they promote so much, they do so little. Uh, and, and, and I think in the role play, the UAN uh, will we'll see the same thing. Uh, obviously, we have regional rules. And it's hard to, uh, for things in our roleplay to escalate into a full-scale war. It rarely happens in the course of the regional history, at least as far as like when the compared to when the region was founded. Um, the UAN uh, could possibly fail to live up to those expectations of holding peace, and we might not be able to see their ability to de-escalate. Now, the ICC, uh, American, Canadian, and Finian Treaty, or I believe, I guess, the I ICCAF Treaty, ultimately, was a step in the positive direction, uh, allowing this uh, organization to at least participate in global politics for in a, in a big scale for the first time. In the UAN could possibly succeed, but I think things will unfold just as the way they have in real life. To answer also the first part of that question, uh, the multipolar, how the multipolarity will affect roleplay. I think it's going to affect roleplay in a really positive way. Uh, organizations historically in geopolitics have not done also so well. So I would argue that uh, right now we're in a golden age of organizations of multi-nation organizations existing within the roleplay, and having that occur it's going to serve as a nice counterbalance especially to the united states uh, which is played by imperial legal uh, imperial legal in this time of the regional history uh, he's been a very dominant power uh, and very I, I would say intrusive into regional happenings across the world and his role play is somewhat deviated from that especially after the uh, danubian civil war the dcw um, but this, uh, the multipolarity regarding the organizations, it's, it's going to be fun and it's going to enhance it a lot more. There's going to be a lot more, uh, deep role plays that are going to occur out of it. Even if it's, I mean, I hope a lot of it isn't conflict. Uh, some of it will be, I, at least from what people, the way that people have been talking on the discord, but I think there's going to be a lot more cooperation 
uh, between organizations to counterbalance what the United States has done. Because uh, the United States on its own, it's very powerful, and I think these organizations are definitely serving as such. Let's move on. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tim Horton's Coffee. Tim Horton's Coffee will be expanding into your country, whether you like it or not, and we will do so by force if necessary. The entire world will have a double-double. Tim Horton's, coming soon. So, uh, on Discord, F asked, will Canada's nuclear program fail? Uh, it's not going to fail in terms of actually making a uh, nuclear weapon. It's going to fail, I think, in its goals. Uh, Canada in our role play uh, is geared towards becoming a global superpower. Uh or at least that, at least that's the way that it seems in roleplay, especially economically. Uh, Canada's economic roleplay has been a bit intrusive, I would have to say, uh, lately. Um, but yeah, Canada's nuclear program will, will ultimately fail in its goals, I think. Uh, it's trying to position itself in a mil in a militarily. Uh, especially with its acquisition of uh, carriers and its goal to transition them into having two carrier fleets. Um, Canada Real Life doesn't need that uh, because it knows that it has allies in the world. And that's why Canada is, it's a, it has a presence in the world. It's an economic power not like the United States or China or Germany, uh, but they certainly are uh, prominent in those aspects. Uh, militarily, Canada, like I said, they, they, don't, they don't need that. They have alliances. They have the United States, we have France, United Kingdom, Australia. Uh, yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how Canada goes with nuclear weapons if they are in pursuit of that, and it's other and uh, Canada's other military ambitions, uh, just to see how it plays out. Especially uh, with the United States being right above it, uh, I'm curious to see how does the United States feel about another nuclear-capable state potentially entering the world, um, and what issues that may cause. Uh, yeah, we'll see. So it'll fail <laughs> with its goals, but yeah, by all means, it'll succeed in making them. So for this next question, it's uh, asked by Firstia, who asks, given the nature of geopolitics, roleplay world, do you think nuclear weapons make a difference? 
I don't think nuclear weapons make a difference. Um, just like real life, nations will threaten the use of them. They're not ever going to be used. Uh, I mean, I'm also not just saying that because of the rules. Like, hey, you need to get approval from this player to do that. Um, I, I just don't think people will use them. Uh, it would have just such a drastic negative effect on that country's image. Um, I Obviously, in this region's history, there's been a few players who have done some atrocious things. And it's gotten to the point uh, where it became an issue for the region in terms of being on the website of nation states. But I don't really ever see that that ever going that direction where nuclear weapons are actually going to be used. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a big believer in the concept of mad, and perhaps I am mad for thinking that. Maybe I'm crazy. But it's just not, it's, it's not going to be used, given the nature of the world. Uh, the United States is a lot more cooperative with its with its adversaries globally than what the United States actually is in real life. Uh, perhaps the U.S. government should take a few notes from our version of the United States. Maybe they should be a little bit more socialist. Uh, but I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. Of course, as nuclear weapon programs are being developed across the role play world. Uh, but yeah, we'll be, uh, definitely looking at that as things unfold, um, in relation to the alliances that are forming. So this next question is uh, asked by Railgun Archipelago. Uh, what about the dynamic changes one nation's history can have on world events? And you know that's <laughs> it's funny that he asked that because there's a lot of events in his past that have caused changes. Um, certainly, and this is uh, just the subject of alternate history, which I adore. I. I really enjoy alternate history. It's uh, it's good to see the thoughts and opinions of what could have happened. And f from some what I read, it's likely. Other stuff, certainly not. <laughs> it just depends. Uh, but in the Union's history, played by Imperial Eagle, uh, he experienced a second civil war. Uh, pretty much immediately after World War II ends, it's devastating, causes him to enter a period of isolationism from 1950-1970. And as a result of that, a lot of stuff in the world changes. His history changes so drastically that world history has to drastically change. Because the United States, for better or for worse, was such a prevalent force in the world uh, during that time period. And of course, well after... Um, but from 1950 to 1970, especially from especially the 1950s, uh, the United States really came into its own. It started assuming its role in the world. Uh, it was one of the few powers in the world that emerged unscathed, relatively unscathed from World War II. 
Uh, and that doesn't happen in the roleplay because of the Second Civil War. So the United States is forced into isolationism, essentially, and everything changes. There's no more American rebuilding of Europe. There's no more uh, democratic uh, building of Japan and an American occupation of Japan, uh, which... Vashi, uh, I know that you're listening to this and you're like, what? But <laughs> it's just the truth. Um, I, I will work with you on that. I, I will say just really quick on the podcast that some semblance of American democracy will emerge uh, as uh, democratic forces that honestly actually were existing in Japan uh, during the time period emerge and are able to assume power somehow. Uh, and develop uh, some sort of democracy, which actually explains the tumultuous way that Japanese politics is in your roleplay anyways. So it works out. Uh, you're still affected by it somewhat, which is uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're all curious as to how uh, things can change. And... This ep- this uh, this episode in America's history certainly changes things in the role play, uh, and, and we're well, and I'm going to keep exploring other changes to nations' histories. So I think uh, Orange uh, Bergon Bergog, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> Ob uh, his nation somewhat changes things. Obviously, there still needs to be some sort of British cl- British Empire in the world. Uh, otherwise, things will change incredibly, will incredibly, be incredibly different. And then I'm also still, also for my own nation, I'm exploring uh, the Ottoman Empire. Uh, and I'll be doing that with the Mehmed Republic, uh, which is a puppet nation that I created for uh, my expansion into the rest of Turkey. But uh, yeah, we'll keep exploring that. Uh, it's always good to explore history like that uh, and also look at alternative history to see maybe how some other stuff could have played out. Uh, but yeah, uh, thankfully, though in real life, the United States uh, stayed the way it was and there was no Second Civil War. So let's keep it like that, people. Let's move on. So this next question is asked by Quizzy, who plays the USSR. Uh, he asks, what happened to the 2008 financial recession? Since in our world, the United States is not the dominant economic center of the world, including financial markets, then the housing bubble bursting shouldn't have had such a dramatic effect across the world. I'm going to argue that, yes, the United States was not the center of economic power from 1945 all the way up to 1991. So it enters isolationism in 1950, exits in 1970. It's still going to take a couple decades for it to catch up, to have nations get back on its side, for investment to come in, and for it to start dominating. In 1991, in our role play, the the USSR still collapses. It loses a vast amount of territory. Now, it still keeps its industrial heartland, and it's going to be keeping its food. Uh, 
its breadbasket in Ukraine, but for the most part, that's still a pretty devastating loss. Uh, you're going to see the United States take advantage of that, and especially, and it's especially going to affect the world markets at that time that had been so centered on Moscow and Europe um, in general. So as a result of that, the United States becomes the dominant economic center of the world. Now, it obviously doesn't occur in the middle or early 20th century, but it occurs in the later half of this. By 2008, it's in a very strong position, and it is number one in the world in terms of GDP and terms of economic power. The, by this time, the USSR would have recovered somewhat uh, from the from that loss in 1991, but it won't be able to catch up enough for the world to return focus to Moscow. The new steadfast, and by 2008, will have been the United States. So it's perfectly argative that the bubble still would have occurred. I mean, you can't have close to 17, 20 years of economic development happen without such a thing occurring, especially in the kind of economic market that it was in. Uh, so the housing bubble, I would argue, is real. And it's actually kind of funny that uh, uh, Jose asked this because uh, I think Last week, the player, uh, Roman Sequoia, telegrammed me on Nation States asking, basically, like, hey, what's going on with uh, the financial crisis? I need to make a post about it, or at least it's going to be in my post. Did it still, did it still happen? And my stance on it then was that something like the 2007-2008 uh, financial uh, financial recession occurred how it affected now it's going to affect every nation in the world um, in some way or another uh, just because of how interconnected everything would have been uh, the level of it is dependent on the player and how they approach that now we're in 2021 and we're 13 in real life 13 year 13 years removed uh, from that re recession, from that recession at least, um, and in terms of role play time, that's a lot of role play years. Uh, so, all of us should be recovered from that. Um, I mean, I'm going to say that it affected the Hellenic League in some way. It would have affected the USSR and uh, OB, uh, the German Confederation or at least the members of the German Confederation's alliance. Uh, but yeah, it happened, and we all still have to realize that uh, stuff like that will keep occurring. Uh, economic roleplay is always difficult, at least for me. Uh, I'm always uncertain if I'm doing things correctly. I do a lot of research into this. But yeah, research uh, how... My recommendation is just research how the 2008 recession affected your claim and go from there. It doesn't 
I would say it doesn't have to be exactly how it was in real life. It would have more likely affected some of us in some way or another and in a negative way. But uh, it's going to be player dependent on how far they want to go with it. Uh, yeah, excellent question. Thank you. And let's move on. This last question is asked by Danubia, who asks, Balkan bros for life? And to that I say, of course, the Balkans are forever. The Balkans will remain united. And the Danubian and Hellenic relationship that exists will be perpetual and will always remain steady, even when the waters remain rocky. That relationship is key to the Hellenic League and key to European perseverance. And the Balkans will always remain strong because we are the true center of the world. Thanks for asking that question. is it for this episode of this month in geopolity i uh, just want to say thank you all for uh giving it a listen and supporting the podcast it's definitely a lot of fun making it and i've missed it uh, and we're gonna keep pushing out episodes as often as we can at least once a month uh we're also i also plan on doing some specials too throughout the year depending on uh, what's going on in the region and uh, just you know various other options uh, but it's a lot of fun making this and I appreciate it uh, for you guys just giving it a listen it means more than you know uh, in other news uh, at least for me um, a, a friend and I will be making a new podcast together uh, we haven't given a name yet, but we do anticipate to be making the, let's at least record the first episode of the next month and a half, uh, but it's definitely a project that's still in the works. Uh, we do know the basis of it, which is going to be a, a discussion on mental health and how creative outlets can positively and even honestly sometimes negatively impact that. Uh, but we hope to have it be an honest and positive discussion nonetheless about that. Uh, we're also going to be talking about our own creative works uh, and how that helps us to cope and to understand the world around us. And as I learn more about the project and we get closer to a final day to release, I'll keep you guys in the loop if any of you are interested. Uh, but yeah, anyways, thank you once again, and I hope you are having a wonderful day or night, depending on where you're at in the world. Thank you, and keep on role-playing in Geopolity.
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Northumbria. Northumbria, achieving independence before Scotland, maybe? That would be something. Northumbria, coming to you possibly soon. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Balkan Gang. Balkan Gang. It's not Crips. It's not Bloods. It's Balkan Gang. All right, that is it for this edition of the podcast of This Month in Geopolity, the special founding days edition. Uh, thank you to everyone who put forward questions and allowed me to answer them. Uh, and thank you once again for listening. Uh, as I said before, this is a podcast not just for me, but it's a podcast for all of us because ultimately this region is ours. Um, you know, it's a great hobby. Uh, it's something that feeds a lot of interest for me. I like doing research. I like learning about new things. And the fact that, uh, I also get, I, I like making podcasts, so the fact that I also get to do this for you uh, is just, it's a lot of fun for me. So thank you for tuning in to this and listening. Um, I know that Labby has uh, some other stuff in store for us, and I believe by the time this podcast is up, the awards will have been posted. So congratulations to all the winners and all the categories. Um, thank you, and Let's just have another great year of roleplay and enjoying each other and having fun. Um, Thank you so much and have a great night.